Radical. Welcome to this week's episode of the Print on Demand cast. Each week, join the gnarly Travis and Josiah as they provide insight into the print on demand industry and equip you with the totally tubular tools, advice, and strategies you need to achieve success and hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Now on to this week's totally tubular show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Print On Demand cast. As always, I am your co-host, Josiah. Joined with me, as always, Travis Ross from Make Your Mark Design. Travis, happy Monday, man. I hope things are going well over there. It is currently about noon Mm -hmm. on this particular Monday that we are recording. Actually, happy Halloween. That's right. It is Halloween. We're recording this on Halloween. Neither of us, as you can see, are in costume uh that is at least discernible at any at any level <laughs> uh but uh yes happy halloween to you uh how was your weekend man yeah, i know you had some things going on on saturday and uh it was a chief's bye week so you weren't uh too caught up right. in the football but uh how was your weekend i was caught up in the other football because arsenal uh beat nottingham forest Five nice. to zero. So that isn't was that where, awesome. uh, isn't that where Winnie the Pooh is, or is that Sherwood Forest? That's Sherwood Forest. Oh. Nottingham Forest right. is where uh, Robin Hood was. Robin Hood. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's right. So yeah, so we beat them five zero. I got up uh, early to watch that. The game started eight a.m. our time on Sunday morning. But that's not um, as early as I anticipated you saying. I know you've gotten up yeah, earlier for such occasions. <laughs> uh, but that was fun. Uh, Saturday night we had a little. Um, our band played at this fall fest at uh, our church actually. So um, had a little trunk or treat and uh, they did bingo and they had a chili cook off and our band played and it was, it was fun. So yeah. Um, overall fun weekend did some, the kids did some pumpkin carving. They actually, um, I don't know if you saw it on social media, but they did uh, one of the pumpkins. Um, our, our trunk or treat theme was star Wars. And so they put like oh, all right. these cups I, yeah. with stormtroopers on them. And then they uh, painted one of the pumpkins as a R2D2. Yep. So that was kind of cool. Um, I took, I have no, took no credit for that because um, that is not my jam doing all that. Stuff. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Carbon it pumpkins. It's a for decept- one it's like, day. And it's a it's deceptive over. level of work where you're like, this sounds fun. <laughs> And then you forget that you got to gut the pumpkin and you got to clean it out. And then what are you going to do with the seeds? And then you have to actually carve the pump. Yeah. It's never been my jam either. I've never been particularly fond of it, but, uh, you know, teach his own, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, yeah. But uh, yes, glad your weekend was good. Sounds like it was a, a fun time. We all, you and I also hung out Friday night. We had a poker night, uh, with our group of guys. First one in, in quite some time, but, but that was fun getting the the group back together and uh i think did you did you finish fourth or did you finish i finished fourth that's right so you were fourth i was third and then uh our friend ben beat by a terrible straight on the river when i had pocket kings and there was a king on the board and i (laughs) uh, went all in and he literally rivered a freaking straight i was very upset with that man yeah, he was he was on uh, Travis on Folder. That's our friend Ben there with uh, with the winnings <laughs> and the championship belt. Uh, it is it's very frustrating when he there's there's times when people will just get lucky all mm-hmm. night. Sometimes it's our friend Josh. Other, I mean, mm-hmm. but sometimes that river just hits for for certain people and not for you. And I think even the last hand of the night, we thought that Ben had lost, and then he looked again and he had rivered another straight. Another straight, and uh, it it's just. It's it's equally, and I've I've told him this to his face, so it's not like I'm not saying anything that I've never told him in person. But it is so frustrating when he wins because he plays with no regard, no strategy. Yeah. He just calls and calls and calls. It's like you have no reason being in this hand, and then you win on the river, and I want to strangle you. Yes, exactly. Uh, it's so frustrating. So. Uh, yeah, so that was our Friday night, folks. We we talked about uh, maybe bringing some cards and poker chips to Long Beach and just having <laughs> poker games in our hotel <laughs> in between uh, uh, trade show sessions. But uh, yeah, it's a good time overall. But we're here. It is, as you mentioned, October 31st, which means mm-hmm. that November is literally right around the corner. It is tomorrow, uh, which is crazy to think that mm-hmm. uh, time has gone by 
that quickly. So uh, since it is November and holidays that are in that month, uh, we're going to spend some time chatting about two particular days that are of interest to you guys as print on demand sellers. And it's going to be this week's point of interest. Well, howdy, partner. Welcome to the point of interest part of the POD cast. So grab your hat and hold on tight because we got some learning to do. Here it comes. Plug your ears. Every time. So loud. Just unnecessarily loud. Whoever made that should have adjusted the volume at the end of it. But, um, but so, you yeah. didn't. But I didn't. So <laughs> that's what happens. Uh, so here we are. November's upon us. Of course, Thanksgiving is is the is the most widely popular holiday. I think within November, we, maybe we should have looked up obscure holidays in November, uh, just mm. to see what else is on the horizon. But um, I'm sure, there's plenty. I'm sure there's a lot. So the Friday, of course, after Thanksgiving, is traditionally known as Black Friday, and the Monday following that has become known as Cyber Monday, since e-commerce is kind of. Uh, taken prominence over brick and mortar and retail sales but mm-hmm. travis for people listening why why do those two days matter why are we talking about black friday and cyber monday and what does it have to do with with print on demand well i think everybody kind of knows that um if they're online you know if they're able to be found online uh their sales will increase on these days and so we just wanted to kind of um uh share maybe some strategies or some thoughts on that. Um, you know, so, so for us, since we're a fulfillment, uh, production house, you know, we do fulfillment for ourselves and for other people. One of the things that we're going to do is, um, we are actually going to, uh, close on Thanksgiving, of course, but then also cyber, I'm sorry, also, uh, black Friday. Um, and then we're going to work on Saturday, take Sunday off and then come back on Monday. And the reason we're doing that is because, um, yeah, you're going to see a million sales come in. Well, maybe not a million, but a lot of sales come in a lot more than normal on black Friday. And because we like have our print files and everything ready for us when we come in, because we have virtual assistants that put that together overnight. When we get in there, uh, in the morning, we have everything from the previous day. Well, it doesn't make any sense to work on Friday and get everything from Thanksgiving. Um, First of all, sales typically aren't that great on Thanksgiving. They can start in the evenings, um, you know, after everybody's, you know, done with all the food and they're just watching football or whatever, scrolling on their phone. Just buying phone, buying something on their phone. Yeah, exactly. So, um, So it made more sense for us to close on Friday. So when we come in on Saturday, we'll have all of Friday's orders that we can kind of get ahead of the curve. Yeah. Um, so then on Monday, when we finally do come in, Again, um, we don't have, you know, all of, we'd have Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, on Monday morning. Mm -hmm. And then the next, on Tuesday, it's all of Cyber Monday sales. So um, it's just going to help us kind of uh, mitigate starting out that crazy season behind. Um, And I don't know how that necessarily translates to your business. It might, if you are in production, it might uh, translate. Um, But yeah, I mean, putting together strategies for how you're going to handle that volume uh, is, is pretty, pretty important right now. Um, Depending of course, on the size of your store, it might not, you know, if you have a smaller store, if you just started, it might not be um, that big of a deal to just kind of keep your regular uh, production schedule or your, your process that you do for, you know, getting the art to your, uh, print provider and you know, all of that stuff. It might just yeah. be pretty easy, but there are some other things that, um, you know, you can consider if you do have a store. Um, I know we, we had talked about when we kind of decided to talk about this point of interest, doing some sales, you know, yeah. Josiah, what do you think? Um, what, what kind of sales, I mean, what, what, what are you thinking of when you think of preparing for a sale for Black Friday or a Cyber Monday? Yeah, I think, you know, of course, traditionally, those sales are always kind of the best of the year that you offer in your store. That's kind of the, mm-hmm. the reputation that, that those days have kind of garnered uh, throughout history is, you know, mm-hmm. that's the day. I know for my family, it was like, if we needed a new television, my dad would be obstinate about like Black Friday is coming. And that, mm-hmm. I don't care what I have to do to make this TV survive until then. 
Um, so <laughs> he, that was just the day you knew that sales were happening. And so you want to look at some stuff, maybe some of your best sellers, I would say, um, you know, maybe discount some of those designs. Again, if you are not doing production, this is a time when you need to prep before then to make sure that your systems really are kind of battened down because the system that you have in place, this is the time of year when it will be tested and you will figure out where the holes in the, in the mm-hmm. process is, how, how the ship is going to take on water. If it's going to take on water, it's going to happen in the next handful of months. And especially like <laughs> Travis said, the beginning of the, of the crazy season being uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. So you want to make sure that your processes are ironed out. Make sure that if you're doing custom artwork and you're going to run a sell on a product that is customizable, make sure that you have that system, you know, ironed out to to a point where it's not going to cause uh, a huge stopgap or not not a stopgap, but it's not going to to clog the the production process because mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of volume coming through. And so, especially if you're dropping your prices to a point where, um, it, you know, it's competitive, it's good sale, you're still making some money on it, um, but you're just trying to get the volume out there. If you're doing Amazon, you know, increasing the ranking, <clears throat> whatever that looks mm-hmm. like for you. Um, but I would also do some research and see what are some competing, like other t-shirt sellers, if you're on Etsy, other home decor sellers, what are they advertising? What are the sales that they're going to be doing? Can you mm-hmm. be competitive? What does that look like? How can you kind of draw attention to your shop? So it is a lot about, you know, figuring out the crunching the numbers of what you can do, perfecting the systems, but then also trying to on the platforms that you can kind of advertise what's going to be coming up that weekend. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think a lot of um, maybe not a lot, but some print on demand sellers, uh, you know, they may sell on several different platforms. Maybe they sell on Amazon. They've already sent all of their FBA stuff, you know, to Amazon and all of that. And right now is kind of a lull um, because they're not doing production they're just kind of waiting. And so I I think the, the encouragement um, that we're trying to get across to you is like, use this time um, to, you know, if you have a list, create a couple of, um, you know, blast email blasts that you can send out to your clients and say, Hey, we're running a special on this day. Here's the code, you know, do some testing. Even if you're not quite sure how to make it work on your product or your, you know, your certain channel that you're using, but figure all that out, send some emails out, um, decide what kind of, I mean, do the math, make sure that you're, um, not going to lose money on this sale, but, um, that you're still making decent money, but you're able to offer, you know, 10, 15, 20, 25% off, um, on some of your products, uh, and, and make sure that you've got, you know, which days they're going to run and when those, those things are going to stop, make sure you have a calendar reminder to turn off the code or whatever, if you're going to end it after cyber Monday, um, you know, use this time to really strategize some of some things that will, uh, help you kind of win in this really fast uh gift buying weekend really yeah Um, obviously gifts will be keep you know people keep buying them throughout no throughout december but this is kind of a it's a quick hit and i think you can uh you can really take advantage of it and that's what we're trying to get across yeah yeah it's a it's a quick shot in the arm that can definitely boost what the rest of, of the end of november and december will will look like um for you so yeah just get prepared for what is coming and uh opt or you know optimize it the best that you can to get the most out of that particular uh weekend because sales are coming and you want to make sure that your net is cast to catch some of the hypothetical fish that will be swimming in the e-commerce sea correct and that's a fishing reference on the front of the man cast old school fishing <laughs> reference talking about casting nets like we're in the time of our lord and savior but uh so yeah that is <laughs> this week's point of interest and we're going to go ahead and just go straight into this week's main event Ladies and gentlemen, the main event. Thought I'd do a boxing ring in there in honor of the uh, Jake Paul and Anderson Silva fight that you know happened over the week. I don't know if you heard about that, but uh, you know you know Jake Paul, right? I'm assuming. Yes, and, and for those of you listening, this isn't a setup to a dad joke. This is a legitimate thing I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he and Anderson Silva, who is a UFC champion, great, you know, Hall of Famer, 
first ballot if he's not already. Um, had a fight this weekend, and, and Jake Paul won. Uh, air quotes that fight because it's all a work. <laughs> uh, I, you know, these people will pay good money for these shows, and I'm like, you know, at least I know professional wrestling is a work, and you guys really think these fights are something. So <laughs> I think they're all stupid. Uh, anyway, so on to this week's main event. Uh, eight mistakes, eight mistakes, print on demand mistakes, rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, for you, the listener, and for us, we're we're reading through these, and we're like, ouch, that's me. That's a strike. Mm-hmm. That's Ouch. happening to me. My God. It's, right in the nose. It's painful. Right in the kisser. Uh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> just, um, yeah, for you guys to avoid. So we're going to run through some of these and uh, kind of just kind of go down the list, hit some mm-hmm. highlights, things you need to be aware of, why these things are important, things you can do to remedy mm-hmm. them, um, all in an effort as, again, we not only, you know, Black Friday and Cyber Monday, but Q4 in general. We're in the thick of it, friends. We're a month into it right now. And yeah. so uh, these things can also help you kind of boost that traffic, that sales traffic for uh, this time of year as well. So, Travis, mm-hmm. the first one on here, I'll let you take this one. I'll take the next okay. next one. But uh, the first one, not researching competitors' designs. Mistake Number one, not that these are in any kind of order of severity necessarily. They're just right. ordered in the in the number that we listed them, but not researching mm-hmm. competitors' designs. What? Uh, why? Why is that a mistake? And how? How do we avoid that? Yeah, I think first first and foremost, we have to define what we're talking about by researching competitors' designs. We're not talking about um, you know kind of copycatting or you know, oh, that looks cool. I'm going to change the font and put it out on my channel. Um, When we're talking about researching competitors' designs, we're trying to find out what's going on in the niche, in kind of the the whole gamut of like what is selling. So for one, um, you know, what kind of like what types of colors are popular? Um, I know when we went to... uh, was it ISS or one of the print trade shows a couple years ago, a lot of these um, t-shirt manufacturers were introducing a lot of new colors and a lot of them were kind of muted, um, muted tones and like uh, earth tones, some, you know, some browns and some greens and they were, you know, but they were more muted and they were releasing these because of course those colors were becoming more and more popular. And so what kind of colors, what kind of fonts um, are working right now? What, what design styles, what specific types of, um, of shirts, you know, uh, one of the kind of that long flowy tank top was kind of, you know, uh, was, was it really uh, popular for women for a while? And um, even some guys were wearing that. And then now it's kind of an oversized kind of shirt that more streetwear kind of um, like, that's what we're talking about researching um, not just your competitors, but kind of the whole industry as a whole, whatever you're selling, you want to see what's popular, what, what type of products, um, are available and what type of products are missing. So maybe you're seeing a lot of people wearing oversized shirts on the street or whatever, you know, just out and about is, is that translating on the, the channel that you're on? Are, right. are you seeing a lot of listings for that on Etsy? Maybe there's a hole in the market right there that you can jump in. Um, I have noticed that, you know, a lot of, uh, the coast sellers, like, you know, kind of the East coast and the West coast sellers, they may have an advantage there because usually trends kind of start and then work their way into the middle of the country over time. Um, so you might be able to see something, find a product, you know, on one of your print on demand fulfillment partners, uh, that is kind of trending already and try to jump on it early. Or if you work with a, a private company or a, a smaller company, like, you know, like us, like make your mark design, maybe you can, uh, bring that to us and say, Hey, I'm seeing this a lot. I'm seeing this type of design, this type of product, whatever we might be able to find a blank and be able to get that out into the, um, you know, the printer verse or the, (laughs) um, (laughs) for you. Um, and you know, and so you can sell it and then, and then how are similar designs and similar styles of products priced and how are they marketed? This is something that you can, you know, it kind of goes back to our point of interest, but you can really learn a lot by 
looking at that stuff, looking at what your competitors are doing and to market these things and, and what are they pricing them at? Maybe, um, you know, and, and you're going to see a lot of different, you know, you don't always have to go to the bottom of the market. You can be medium market priced Mm -hmm. and still get sales. You know, you can still do well with that stuff. So, um, again, we're not talking about kind of copycatting other people's designs or, uh, doing that really what we're talking about is getting a pulse of the market, what's going on in, in your particular niche and using that data to reinforce your product offerings and hopefully make more sales. Yeah. 100%. The next one on the list we're going to talk about is, uh, something that I feel like every print on demand seller should be utilizing, but I know that it's unfortunately, it takes back burner to everything else that people are trying to do. It's another <laughs> punch in the nose for us, for sure. <laughs> when you're building, uh, yeah, when you're building a business. But uh, mistake number two: not using social media to its full potential. Now, the, there's a couple things about here. You know that, of course, everyone says be consistent, and consistency really is key when it comes to posting on any social media platform that you're going to try and leverage for your business. Um, again, and unfortunately, especially if it's a small business, there's usually one person that is is tasked with it, but then there's also other like five or six other things that typically always take precedent to posting and taking a picture, even though you, th- you would think that it's in the moment, you should just snap it, but there's so much going on that usually you, it kind of falls to the wayside. So yes, being consistent right. is is great, um, is key. Uh, but I will say also, uh, focus on quality over quantity. So these larger companies that you might see posting five, six, seven times a day, there's a reason why they post five, six, seven times a day. It's because they have a social media person whose job description is to blow up the social media channels right. that this company is using. So it's one person's job to just go around, collect photos, edit, take video, post the content, you know, that kind of thing. So that's why they're posting so much. Start with what you can do. And at one post a day, um, mm-hmm. that's quality. If you can do two, great. But don't think you have mm-hmm. to post multiple times a day, especially if the posts are, you know, posts three through seven or just throwaway posts that aren't engaging. They don't have a whole lot of value or a whole lot of content to it. Uh, don't Just don't post those. Focus on the two that you can do and you can do them really, really well. Uh, Again, don't attempt to use all of the platforms out there. So I think another misnomer is, well, if we have a Facebook, we have to have an Instagram. If we have an Instagram, we have to have a Pinterest. If we have a Pinterest, we have to have a TikTok. If we have a TikTok, we have to have a B-Reel. If we have a B-Reel. So that's just crazy, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You want to focus maybe on one or two that you can do really well. Instagram, thankfully, flows really well with Facebook now. You post something on Instagram Mm-hmm. you can you can connect the two seamlessly. So it's kind of like two platforms in one that you can kind of knock out. But leverage one platform uh, and do it really, really well. I can tell you that um, I'm on TikTok and I follow some accounts that literally all they post is step-by-step tutorial. That's it. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy that does signs. He's, his handle is sign guy. If you're on TikTok, go check him out. It's fascinating. It's really well done, very, very well edited. Uh, but he just makes street signs. That's all he does mm. for cities, for other countries, stuff in Dubai. He makes stop signs. I mean, it's st- stuff that's going all over the all over the world. <clears throat> but his process is it's the same process each video. But it's fascinating to watch mm. this thing happen and see how he makes it all come together. Right. So. Um, that kind of stuff is huge. Step by step stuff, showing kind of the the ins and outs and, and the the behind the scenes stuff is, is really really great on TikTok. Really lends itself really really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then people will usually from there go find your other channels like your Instagram or your YouTube, where there is more informational, for lack of a better term. You're not necessarily selling them on TikTok to go buy your product. You're just showing how it's made. And then mm-hmm. you can kind of funnel them to the other places where they can find you, your store, your other your other platforms. Um, so don't don't attempt to be perfect at all of them, but pick a couple that you can post consistently and do really well. Um, mm-hmm. Create user generated content is also very huge. I know Madeline's done this a lot when she was first growing her first store. 
uh, for Instagram. She would reach out to people that are in her niche that were in the home decor space. that had a lot of followers and mm-hmm. she would send them stuff to, to kind of do a review of or open up and talk about, or she would ask customers to send in reviews of her product. And so if you can get people, your followers, your customers to send in videos or to tag your shop or your store mm-hmm. in videos of them with your product in hand, that goes a long way too. That's huge. Yeah. You're not always wanting to picture. I think Will uh, Rest was talking about this with us when he was on about like, no one wants to follow a commercial. Mm-hmm. Um, there's commercials everywhere. And you're while you want to sell your product and your business on your social media channel, um, you don't just want to post those kinds of things of graphics of find my store and this product's this much money. And this is, right. that, that's very, very, um, you know, sales pitch E and people on social media want to know your story. They want to see people using your product. They want to get to know you, the person they want to see the behind the scenes, a lot of storytelling elements that can go into those things as well. So social media is such a massive monster in and of itself mm. um it's again it can be someone's full-time job if you have the if you have the resources to make it someone's full-time job right there's right. plenty there to make it someone's full-time job from videos uh to pictures to what you know throwing in blogs or whatever that that, that looks like um mm-hmm. but as i'm kind of studying social media more and learning it more as i'm doing it for um the church that i attend and kind of what content works it is massive just marketing in general is just mind-boggling how much (laughs) is to it but again just to just to recap um being consistent is key but don't folk don't try and post eight times a day if it's not if it's not realistic for you post one one thing a day um and if you can get your customers to send you in reviews because that then they're creating the content for you and you're just posting it or you're just reposting it. So that kind of takes a lot off of you there for, for some of those yeah. posts. Um, and don't sell a commercial. Um, just show <laughs> the behind the scenes. Show the process. Show who you are and your why. And uh, I think you'll start gaining, you know, authenticity does really well on social media, which is kind of oxymoronic to me because I've often said that social media are carefully curated <laughs> moments of perfection. Uh, right. But authenticity and people seeing kind of behind the curtain does a lot, especially for a business and a brand for people to kind of gain their, their trust and gain that following. So there you go. Travis, anything well said for social media? No, I love that you brought in the will rest thing. Cause you know, that's it. I mean, it's not bad to, to post some, you know, Hey, come to my shop or right. check out this shirt. We just did, you know, you can buy one here, you know, I mean, that's yeah. not bad. It's just, if it's, if it's all it, that. It, yeah. I mean, you think, you think you look much. at, you look at a stand up comedian that you like, go to their Instagram. If you go to a band that you like, go to their Instagram and see, they're not always just saying, Hey, I'm just going to be here. Hey, I'm going to, they might have some sponsored ads that trickle through your feed, but a lot of their mm-hmm. stuff is life on the road, a story. Uh, Instagram story of them mm-hmm. going to a restaurant or being, you know, in the green room or hanging out or shooting right. their podcast or a lot of it is just life that is done. And so it kind of gives their fans that peek behind the curtain, but then they can always find where they're going to be on tour. Uh, mm-hmm. But it is not always just like, we're going to be here, come to our show, come to our conference, come to our, you know, concert, come to whatever. Buy our merch. <laughs> Buy our merch. Yeah it's, yeah. it's a lot of just doing life type stuff that these guys post on their feeds which is what attracts people their fans or makes there's comedians and bands that i've come across their instagram feed and because i like what they're doing i like the story they're telling i'll go find their content i'll go find their comedy i'll go find their music um because uh, you know johnny swim is a great example johnny swim does a great job posting life stuff on instagram and they have their own show that they shot themselves it's really good and so they engage people through the story that leads them to the music and how to find them in their tours. But that's not the, that's not the prevalence of their Mm. Instagram feed. So that's enough about social media. We could talk for a long time. I'm sure about any (laughs) one of these given points. Um, But uh, yeah. So, so number three in the uh, list of eight would be setting prices that are too low and too high and, or, or too high, I should say. And Travis, you and I, I feel like we've, we've, we've hit this point. 
a couple of times over the past year as far yeah. as prices and and that process and i know you guys are are still kind of even refining that that pricing and, and raising yeah. prices or lowering some prices or you know mm-hmm. it's, it's a delicate dance i think is what i'm trying to say and <laughs> <Sure. laughs> in, in, in setting your prices not only internally but your customer as well yeah i mean let's face it if you were buying anything in 2022 you've seen prices go up <laughs> um yeah not just in print on demand just in general and so um you need to be aware of that as a business owner don't but but at the same time, you don't want to try to compete on prices alone. You know, um, to my earlier point, you know, you you can get kind of that medium kind of in the right area uh, price point that's still going to make you some money, but it's not going to be the lowest, but it's not going to be the highest, and you'll you'll get sales. That's just the the nature of of this business. If you if you do all the other things we talk about on this show. You do, you know, some basic SEO, you know, you, you have a nice product. that's quality. You're going to make some sales no matter where you're pricing, just make sure, you know, what is your base price? And when you're talking about like your product costs and your base price, consider the, not only the production of the thing, um, what did it cost to design it? Did you pay somebody? Did you, you, you paid somebody, even if you just paid yourself the time to do it, there's, there's a cost there. Um, what are your shipping costs? What are your transaction fees? Uh, what are, if, if you have to pay the taxes on it, I mean, all of those things should be in your base cost. Um, if you're producing it, you have the actual time to produce it as well. And the time to box it up or you do whatever and ship it out. Um, that is all part of your cost. And we've just, you know, we've talked about this on the show. We've done a massive going through every single product we do. How long does it take to do these products? We did all these time trials to see how long it took us to make it. We, um, we took a blended average of where we might get a particular blank, you know, from different vendors. If somebody's out of something, well, we have to get it at this vendor and they charge more. So we could took a blended average of that. And, and we came up with, this is what it costs. This is our true cost to produce this product. And so we based our product our product costs on that. And as a matter of fact, um, I sent a, uh, an email out a couple of weeks to all of our people and said, hey, we've, uh, we're raising our prices. We've been trying to absorb a lot of it, but we're seeing rising costs. And so we have to pass those on to you. Um, it's, it's a normal part of business. It does not feel right. good to send that email. <laughs> it does not yeah, feel no. good to raise those prices on those different channels, but it's something that you have to do. And then the last thing I'll say about this, don't forget about like the f- fixed costs. Um, kind of the overhead costs. So if you have a production right. facility, your rent or, you know, your uh, executive employees that aren't necessarily tied to the production of each garment or each good. Um, but if you're not, you know, maybe it's a domain, uh, an e-commerce domain. You have to, that's part of your overhead cost. Amazon is $40 a month. You got to put that in there. Shopify is $30 plus all the add-ons that they, um, you know, for the different plugins and things. So who knows how much that's going to end up costing your internet costs, you know, all of those other things that, that are going to hit you no matter if you sell a thousand things or if you sell zero things. Right. Um, and so you want to take all of those things into consideration when you're building your pricing, but please, 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 don't devalue yourself because you're afraid of not making sales price sure. your goods accordingly and price them. Well, they're, yep. you know, they're your goods, <laughs> um, have some pride in them and, and don't make a race to the bottom. You know, yeah. um, it, it won't do you any good and it won't do anybody else any good. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 you know, we're in Q4 and, uh, you can also find, you know, we found, and you have as well, Travis, you know, when, when we had what for apparel that, uh, if you have to raise prices that you're selling, your selling price, Q4 is a good time to do that because people, people right. will buy, uh, you know, uh, at a higher price because they need that gift or they need that thing. And so Q4 traditionally, mm-hmm. we used to just kind of bump our prices up anyway. Um, but yeah, don't be afraid to, to, you know, revise those prices. Like Travis said, it's not fun raising the prices. It's not fun letting your partners know, Hey, we have to do another price increase. Um, but it's that, or the alternative of going to your loved ones and saying, Hey, so, uh, we have to shut down or we can't afford (laughs) heat or we, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not, uh, 
not the you know best thing to have to do but uh uh yeah so the next one um well before you do that i just wanted yeah. to you you were telling me i forgot i was going to ask you um uh, during kind of the waffle time earlier sure. yes. uh your your buddy um antonio didn't he just have a baby yeah. boy he did yeah it was his, cool. it's his first yeah it's his first kid he was very i mean in Italian tradition, you know, it's a big deal. His parents all, you know, his parents were there and it's, you know, big Italian mm-hmm. family. And so they're all very excited to, to That's welcome cool. in their new baby boy. And know? he's a, he's a DJ, right? Yes. Yeah. So does he just do that on the weekends or is that a full-time thing for him? Right now it's just a weekend thing. He's trying to turn it into a full-time hustle, but, uh, but yeah, right now it's just That's a cool. side gig. Well, yeah. congratulations to him. What did, what did he end up naming, um, his baby boy? Yeah. Uh, so again, Italian DJ, he named his son. Eric Marinera. Oh, that was great. <laughs> oh, I'm laughing more about the intricate setup than uh, <laughs> than anything else, really. And in case you guys are wondering what just happened, if you're new to the show. Time for the weekly dad joke. That's what that was. Uh, yeah, we just we took two dad jokes that I told everyone at the poker night mm-hmm. and just combined them. It's beautiful. Uh, Hopefully you guys understand the joke about the Italian DJ and, uh, you know, Marinara sauce. Anyway, the next one, uh, <laughs> number uh, good, number four, is this number four of eight? We're halfway there. Uh, mistakes that you're making, uh, not following print file guidelines. I know, Travis, this has a near and dear place to your heart. So being a dear to my heart. Uh, <laughs> but there's a lot of things that you guys need, I mean, you need to figure out what those things are. What are the print file guidelines for any provider that you're using? Mm-hmm. Um, whether right. it's make your mark design, whether it's a printful, whether it's a spring, whatever, whatever that looks like, there's a couple things that you want to look out for and things that I know from a production standpoint that I've, I've uploaded uh, graphics to, you know, um, man, I just completely spaced the garment creator, my God, uploaded products to garment creator and you find out a couple of different things. One being, if it's a low resolution image, you're going to know. You will, the <laughs> yeah. production person will find out very quickly. And most, if you're lucky, if you're working with, let's say, a make your mark design, a smaller company, uh, you will have the added benefit of them reaching out to you and saying, hey, this doesn't look right. You might want to take a look at this. Um, it's kind of a low resolution. Um, and so if you're not, then they'll just print it and your customer is going to get a really bad image uh, printed on that on that product. Another thing, uh, not removing backgrounds properly. Um, that's another important thing to do. Um, don't yep. use super tiny text. It will get lost inevitably. Mm-hmm. It won't look as good as it does on the graphic. It doesn't translate to paper. Remember, especially with T-shirts, you're working with fabric. And so... It's not going to always look the best. Using fade, uh, glow effects, or neon colors, typically on a, on a print-on-demand scale, isn't gonna, not going to work. We had a customer that yeah. really wanted neon colors for his, you know, his show or not his show, his restaurant shirts. You just can't hit it the same way a screen printer can. It's just not right. possible at that in that in that way. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So yeah. Uh, and then the other one would be not designing not the correct resolution or size for that particular product. Each product is probably going to have a different kind of template. I know at Make Your Mark Design, mm-hmm. the template for a T-shirt is different for a hat as it is for a wooden sign, as it is for a laser engraved product. I mean, there's lots of different templates and things you got to keep yeah. in mind if you're wanting to use that particular piece of uh, art on multiple um, products. You're going to have to figure out what all of that looks like. Yeah. I mean, and there's, there's, there's some automation tools you can use for that, but, um, regardless you're, you know, um, it's the world of like art, um, (laughs) creation, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of artists, um, and, and, you know, graphic designers, they're, they're going to know some of this stuff. So if you're not a graphic designer, it's it's very good and very smart of you to lean on your production partner um, in this area. So you make sure that you know you the the image that you do for or you made for the coffee mug is not the same image that they're using to print your shirt because the shirt Correct. image is way bigger. 
than the coffee mug. So you need to have that kind of scale. And mm-hmm. um, now you can downscale. So you could use the same, if you made it for a shirt and you wanted to put on a coffee mug, you could probably use the same, you could probably use the same image. Yeah. It's probably not that big of a deal, but, um, but in particular, like using the right resolution, the right size of design, so to speak, uh, the right dots per inch DPI um, is going to help you have a better quality product. And if you don't understand that, you know, do, you know, Google is your friend and, or lean on your production partners, yeah. um, you know, just ask them a bunch of questions and make sure you've got it right. Because I literally did um, over the weekend, I've been going back and forth with this particular client that wants these uh, shirts for a memorial service. And the image they sent me um, was uh, you can't see me, but I'm holding up my hand. It was that big on my screen. So, it, and I'm yeah, like, this this isn't gonna look so the you best get on nothing. Yeah, and I tried to I tried to help her educate, and she was like, you know what? That's the one they want. It's okay if it's pixelated, and you know, okay. no. I mean, I mean, it's kind of a bummer if you're looking, if it's, especially for a memorial service. Yeah, the exactly. person that you're trying to memorialize, you're like, I don't, re- I don't remember him being in a uh, Atari video game in an eight bit. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's really, really sad. That the person you're trying to honor uh, yeah. isn't even going to look like him, like That's himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah. It, it is a lot of you know um, educating the customer of like, hey, this is probably going to be. Not correct. But again, that's a benefit of using someone like a make your mark design that will make that phone call. Printful, mm-hmm. in some instances, they may it might I mean when you upload it, it might reject it, but if it passes and it's gonna look pixelated anyway, and a bigger company, they might not give you a call. They might just print what you right. put up there because they don't have the time and they assume mm-hmm. that you know what you're doing to the full extent, uh, which some people when it comes especially when it comes to graphic design, like Travis said, don't. Some people just are out of unaware, you know, of what right. that looks like. A lot of people are. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You should not be. That is the yeah. point of this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, all right. So next would be uh, not ordering product samples. Travis, you and I have talked about this at length as well mm-hmm. in past shows, I'm sure. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like we talk about this quite a bit. But uh, the only way that you can really know uh, what you're going to be selling, if you're not doing the production yourself, is to get products in your hand right. from the designer to see how it feels. How is the print quality? Is the graphic pixelated? Uh, and then you can fix that on your end. Um, is it a problem on there? And you just, there's there's so much that you can mitigate and right. kind of cut off at the pass if you are handle, if you have products in your hand, regardless of mm-hmm. what it is, a home decor, uh, a piece of apparel. The other thing you need to know and the number one question you will, you will get, if you're selling t-shirts, I promise you, the question you will get is, does this fit true to size? Does this shrink when it washes? What's the best way to wash this? Is this going to fit my body the way that I think it is? And yeah. unless you have products, because here's the thing, uh, Gildans fit different from Bella's, from, you know, from mm-hmm. next levels. From, it, it's all going to be a lot of different fit and how they serve, how they come out of the wash. And you need to know those things. And the only way to know that is to have those products in hand. So that you can yeah, kind of learn those things. Yeah. And even even in Gildan and Bella and Next Level, even inside, their styles will fit yep. differently. Yep. Um, and and they will also feel differently. Like a Gildan 5000 is going to feel very different from a Gildan 64000. And um, if you don't know that, if you're not, you know, actually touching these shirts all the time like we are you you might want to get a sample of both because like the Gildan 5000 is a lot cheaper. Maybe I should just go with that. And maybe that'll work for your brand, but that's a carded cotton. So it's going to feel rougher where the yeah. 64,000 is the soft style. It says it's a ring spun cotton. It's going to feel a lot softer. It's going to be a little thicker. I'm sorry, a little thinner, but it's going to feel softer. And, and so maybe it's worth the extra, whatever the extra cost is. And and how does that compare to a Bella 3001 or, you know, a, a next level 3,600. So there's all yep. of these different brands of just straight up unisex t-shirts. <laughs> and it's probably a good idea that, you know, the differences and you know, kind of what your customers are getting when you buy that thing. Don't just open up your store, start selling t-shirts and cheap and pick the cheapest one. Um, that's probably not a good business decision. <laughs> yeah. Not going to serve you well. I mean, and the other thing too, if you have stuff in hand 
that you are trying to sell and you want to take some other photos that aren't necessarily right. just the stock, you know, whatever Printful gives you or whatever you get from place it. If you want to do some stylized photo shoots that can really show off kind of not only the quality, but also fit more of the aesthetic that you want as a brand. If you're do if you're going that direction, mm-hmm. you can do that with those products, you know, yeah. uh, you can take those photos, you can make that happen. Uh, much easier than kind of make your stuff stand out from the crowd. But right. most importantly, it's making sure that you're getting the quality of product that you are promising mm-hmm. that the customer gets on the other side of that transaction, which is of yeah. course super, super important. Yeah. It might cost you a little money, but it's, it's, it's worth it in the yep. end. It's yep. an investment in your business. So think of it yep. that way. Yep. 100%. Yeah. It might cost you some money, but it might also save you some money in the back end when customers are upset. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that it didn't fit or feel the way that you said it would and you didn't know any better because you didn't get samples. Um, the next thing I would say, uh, not communicating your brand's story or values. I know that sometimes some of these platforms, I know Amazon, you know, it's kind of hard to communicate a overall brand necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but like with Etsy, that's, I mean, you can, your store's aesthetic, your mission statement, the kind of yeah. vibe that you have. The fact is that every brand, always has a story and there's always a reason behind starting an online business, whether it's, you know, a passion for design or a social cause or just Mm -hmm. being transparent and saying, Hey, this is, I'm trying to work myself out of a full-time job. This is what I'm doing and being transparent in that way. Um, But you want to communicate that. And it kind of goes back to the social media thing of like letting people know who you are, letting people understand why it is that you're doing this, because that really does drive sales. People really will get behind a story more than they will get behind a pro- a random T-shirt or a random product, right? Doing exactly. The things that you're doing, uh, you know. When my when Madeline started her shop, the name of her shop was um, lent itself to the idea of helping everyone around you, kind of helping, you know, elevate everybody. So uh, mm-hmm. for the first year of her shop, you know, ten percent of her sales for that month would go to a family in need, and when we told the story of why we named the shop that way identifying the family, having people submit families that were that needed help and driving that story. Like, this is why we're doing this. This is how we're going to do build this thing um, for the first year. And so it worked really well. And people were really supportive of it because they understood the greater purpose above and beyond. You know, you're making the seller the hero or sorry, you're making the customer the hero and hero in that instance right. because they're helping somebody. So there's a couple of things, you know, if you're watching the video version here, you kind of see a guide brand to storytelling. A brand story explains what you do, how you do it and why you do it, which is what we're talking about. Represents your brand's mission, vision, values and beliefs. Uh, it builds trust. Like we said, people see that behind the scenes and get to know who you are. They trust you more. It'll increase your customer's loyalty and it will inspire engagement. Um, and be honest and transparent when you're writing a brand story. Mm-hmm. Plan a clear structure, include important facts and leave an open ending. Uh, again, going back to to Madeline, you know, she had to rebuild her. Ed, so the second shop was her second attempt uh, after the first one got shut down. You can hear more of that story on the episode that she was in where she kind of told everything that that she had gone through. So this second shop was an attempt to rebuild. So we were transparent that this is a rebuild and this is how we want to rebuild it, and this is what we want to do. And so storytelling is huge. Um, and we, and I'd yeah. love to get Luke on here to come and talk about like just for sure story brand, uh, and why that's so important. So tell I'm going to write a note down to invite yeah. Luke to come on you our should. show. Cause we've you said should. this multiple we've said times, it so many times, but it would be great. Luke is a, is a mutual friend of ours for those that are listening, um, who is, is an expert specializes in story brand, um, and telling a story and getting your website to look you know, write your mission statement dialed in. Mm-hmm. Um, he's helped us kind of in an unofficial capacity at times with the print on demand cast, as far as what does this look like or how, who are we trying to reach? And so he asks a lot of those questions that are yeah annoying, but necessary sometimes. <laughs> like, I don't know, man, I just want to start a show. Uh, <laughs> but um, so, yeah, tell your story. It's huge. It's a huge yeah. missed opportunity that people, people want to know. Uh, don't think that people don't care because people do. And everyone's looking for a story. Narrative is huge from news networks to an Etsy shop. The narrative right. 
that is being told is what gets people to change the channel to their station, to click the mouse to their store. Narrative is huge uh, in our culture. So tell a story that will inspire people to engage and ultimately support you um, because they know who you are and why you're doing what you're doing. So, yes. Um, the next point, unclear two left. descriptions. Unclear. We've talked about this. Clear as mud product descriptions. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's another thing that we've talked about in the past. Uh, but Travis, mm-hmm. of course, you should include sizing, color options, material, all of the logistical sure. things that you want to make sure that people understand and people get. Mm-hmm. But what else? Above and beyond yeah. that, when it comes to product descriptions, what are we talking about? Why why yeah. is that a missed opportunity? I think um, uh, it's a missed opportunity because people only do that. They literally only include the sizing, the color options, you know, the production, all of the details um, and or or the features of the product. You know, it's this kind of, uh, you know, shirt. It's this kind of material. It's this, you know, this is how you wash it and take care of it. Um, all of those things, but they don't tell about the benefits. It's kind of to your story or to your storytelling, um, having the customer be the hero. It's kind of to that point, we want them to be the hero. And so how is this going to benefit them? And I think that's where we, um, we kind of miss the boat, we miss the opportunity. And, and this kind of does just blend with the storytelling um, the whole piece of storytelling, you want to use benefits over features. People yeah. are attracted to emotion and, um, you know, using engaging words uh, to make your copy, your descriptions more emotional is going to help yeah. you sell more things. And I think, um, yes, of course, to your point, you want it, you have to include the sizing and, you know, all of the details. How long is it actually going to take for it to get produced? How long is it going to take for it to get shipped? Um, yeah. Which shipping carrier do you use? What, you know, are you going to get a tracking? You know, I mean, all of those things are very important. Um, but really the, the sales copy is, um, is where you're going to actually hook somebody into kind of, emotionally connecting with the product. This is also very well done through product pictures. And we talked about maybe when you have your samples there, you can take some pictures, make sure they're good pictures and they're done by a professional um, or it'll do the opposite because you'll look like, you know, it'll just look bad. Um, But yes. So, or using kind of those, those lifestyle pictures as opposed to just your product, you know, with a white background, which is, what Amazon requires on the first picture, but the rest of those picture, they can be lifestyle. They can be uh, more emotional. Um, and so using, using all of that opportunity really um, is, is super, super uh, beneficial to you. Now you can use bullet points, um, but I would use the bullet points for the features and I would use paragraphs for the copy or a paragraph and the copy being or the description being the emotional part of that. Um, You do want to avoid being overly wordy because um, you know, they're only going to read so much a lot of times. And so make your, your punchiest sentences or your most emotional, your most call to action stuff kind of get in there quick. Um, And then obviously try to engage or try to utilize SEO like maybe some really good keywords, maybe do some keyword research. So your product descriptions as well as your title can be very keyword rich to help whatever algorithm you're selling on. If it's Amazon or Etsy, or even just Google, you want to make sure that you've done some SEO. And what I mean by that is finding some good keyword search terms. What are people actually typing when they would potentially want to see this product as an option? Um, using those in your titles, using those in your description. Um, and then the other thing that uh, it, it, it's more difficult when you have, you know, thousands and thousands of products is that don't try to not copy and paste your product descriptions yeah. from description to description um, because it'll, it can mess up the search engines. It can mess up the algorithms. They'll think it's duplicate content and they won't rank you as high. Yeah. Um, I'm guilty of that because of the fact that we have tens of thousands of listings. Um, a lot of times it's, it's 
pretty hard to go through every single one and make sure that every single one's different. Now, some pieces are different, of course, but not the whole thing. And so if, if, if you're starting out, it is a good idea to take your time on each product um, to where you're not using that duplicate content, but take advantage of, of your, your descriptions and your, how does your listing look as a whole? Yeah. Is it sterile or is it emotional? Choose B. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think is the is is what we're trying to say. Yeah, one hundred percent. All right, last one, and we'll go through this one as quickly as possible because we're nearing that hour mark, and you, our listeners, have been hanging in there for <laughs> fifty-four minutes and thirty-nine seconds now. So, um, probably longer, including the bumper and outro that we put on these things. So, uh, the last one would be just an unprofessional online store design. Um, mm -hmm. our key, I think is to simplify navigation, make it really easy to find what the yeah. people want. The less clicks, the better, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you don't want them to have to click multiple times to find the thing that they're looking for, especially, especially if it's like through an ad or something like that, that you're advertising and they click on it and it takes them to another page, you have to click something else. You're going to lose them. Uh, if you put too many, too many clicks in that process, they'll just yeah. give up and come back later. I know I've done that, uh, with things before. So uh, make your store's policies clear and easily accessible. People will actually read these. They want to know what's the return policy, what happens if something's wrong, how do I get my money back, or mm -hmm. what's the guarantee, what's the shipping time, where is this coming from, where is it made, is it pre-shrunk, right. all of those things. So make that easily accessible and really, really, really clear to, to customers so there's not, again, don't make it wordy. Just make it clear, simple, to the point, because people are going to know, want to know those things. Uh, mm -hmm. Choose a one-step checkout process. Uh, make sure that the checkout process is streamlined. Again, yeah. if they have to go to multiple screens, when I'm shopping online and I enter in my information and it's another screen and then another one and then shipping and then confirm and then it's like, dude, I okay, I get it. Like, I just want to buy this. You're gonna, I'm <laughs> losing my patience. Uh, just take take my money for the love of God. I'm I'm asking you to just take my money. So make that checkout process super streamlined, super easy. Again, if you have the ability to do a one-click purchase for them and kind of make it super simple. Yeah. Apple Pay, perfect. Google Pay. Apple Pay. That's yeah, great. exactly. Make sure that's available um, so they don't have to spend time. Because the more I know this, I've done it. When I'm entering card information, I'm thinking, do I really need this thing? I don't know if I should buy it. I kind of want it. And I have to, I've gone through those emotional or, you know, mental yeah. conversations of like, Ah, I'm just going to wait. But if it's Apple Pay and I already double clicked the side button and I got the check mark sound because it verified <laughs> what my face looks like, it's in the mail. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's already coming. <laughs> There's nothing I can do about it. Um, and then also check your store's mobile friendliness. Uh, mm -hmm. Everyone's shopping from their phones. Yeah. Um, I would say I was 73% of all e-commerce sales ha happen from a, from, a, from a phone, from mobile. It's nuts. Uh, which is ridiculous so just make mm -hmm. sure that your store is easy to navigate from a phone because that's where everyone's probably going to access it from not a lot of people are going to be on a desktop searching through something it's going to be mobile so make sure it's easy make sure it's clean make sure the navigation works the same way on a desktop as it does through your mobile create right. your site for mobile if you're doing a squarespace or something like that and it's all mobile you can switch it to where it looks like it's on a phone Build it mm -hmm. from there. I have a friend of mine who specifically asked me, build it from that template. I really only care what it looks like from a mobile standpoint. I don't 73%. Care what it looks like I don't desktop. I don't blame and, him. <laughs> uh, so I was like, yeah, man, all right, cool. I'll I'll do that. So it was interesting building a site from something that's you know, yay big, uh, in, in reference to things. Uh, but yeah, 73% of all sales happen. So just make sure your site is dialed in and optimized for that for sure. Totally. Yep. Uh, Josiah, I think we nailed it. All right, right. I, you know, we got two minutes. We got two minutes hour. left, so here we go. Attention, hotline fans. <laughs> Here's how you can get used to, not used to, how you can reach out to us. You'll never get used to us because we're crazy. <laughs> but here's how you can contact us if you want to know more about the Print on Demand Cast or ask a question. You can go to our Facebook, uh, printondemandcast.com/slash Facebook is where you can find us. Ask us a question. Join the community if you have things that you want to put out there yourself or have ideas. You can do that. A lot of our guests that we've had in the past are in that Facebook group. You can ask them a question there as well. And wherever there are podcasts, the PODcast is there for you. Stitcher, Anchor, Google, Spotify, 
We are there for you on all of your favorite platforms. If you're happening to listen on the Apple Podcast app, though, leave us a review. Let us know what you're liking, what you're not liking, uh, and and put a star review with it. And that's what we want to know. We want to hear from you guys because we care about feedback genuinely. And it also helps the algorithms and helps us get in front of the right people. If you don't like social media, going back to my previous point, you can always email us as well, info at printonamancast.com, and let us know what you're thinking. Uh, let us Give us your feedback. Really, that's what we're genuinely wanting because we made this show for people like us in this industry to have somewhere to go as a resource of information. And so if we're not covering the things that you're interested in, let us know and we'll try to work that into the show. Um, mm-hmm. But Travis, anything else? Oh, Long Beach. We're going to be in Long Beach. Registration is yeah. open. ISS Long Beach. Go come and find us. Come and hang out with us. We'd love to see you. I'd love to meet up with you uh, and hear your story personally in person as opposed to through the written form through email or reviews. But uh, anything else, Travis, before we wrap this thing up? Nope. I think I'll, I'll post about the ISS thing in the Facebook group. Um, registration is free. Yes. And I uh, hope, yeah. To Josiah's point, hope you can join us out there. Yes, let us know, and we will see you then. Until next time, for Travis, I'm Josiah, and we'll see you right here on the Print on Demand cast. See ya. Hey, babe, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Print on Demand cast. We hope you enjoyed the Totally Tubular show. If you've got a question or a suggestion for the show, send Travis and Josiah an email at info at printondemandcast.com. Want to be wicked nice? Take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next time for sure.